Hey, welcome back. Last hour, final hour, Beamer in for Bowerly here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Thank you so much for deciding to spend some time with me this afternoon um, on your drive home. Maybe you're already home and you're listening on your smart speaker. Whatever it is, we are thankful to have you aboard. 803-0930, star 930, will get you on the air. If you'd rather text, the full second of Orchard Park text board is 803-0930. My thanks to Bob in Tampa for uh, giving us a call and updating the conditions there. And we hope all in the storm's path are safe and our thoughts and prayers are with them, including... Hans in Sardinia, his daughter is in Fort Myers. Hans, thanks for hanging on during the break. Uh, yes, sir. <clears throat> well, uh, seeing as how the storm is headed northeast uh, up uh, towards Tampa, and that we suggested to the daughter and their kids, um, her husband, to go the other way. So they went southeast. Now they're down in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, they were going to head up to Virginia to uh, where the son-in-law's parents live, but I told them that's a bad idea. You're going to have to go through Tampa, and you're going to have hellish traffic there, you know. So if it's going northeast, you're better off heading southeast, you know what I mean? Yeah, and avoid the brunt of the storm, which is the goal. Yeah. Now, as far as as far as snow, um I live, well, right across the street from me is the highest point in Erie County. And I'll tell you what, we get weather up here when you guys down below don't get it. I mean, uh, you can be within, oh, I'll say three quarters of a mile of my house and not have any snow. And by the time you get up here, you got a, you got one heck of an, a, you know, amount. I remember one one storm. Well, the worst one I remember, <clears throat> well, 77 was a bad one. But in 85, um, I had some cows out in the field in a shed. Uh, they, I had a shed built out there so they could get out of the weather. And that is about oh, maybe a couple of hundred yards behind the house. And that snow was so bad, I tied a rope to myself, tied it to the downspot of the house uh, because I couldn't even see the uh, uh, shed that they were in. I was going to start heading up there, and I didn't get very far before I just had to grab a hold of that rope and uh, bring myself back home. It was it was horrendous. And when I finally did get up there to see them. I could not believe this. I had three calves born during that storm. Oh, wow. And I don't I don't know how the heck they survived. By the time I got up to them, the calves, they had uh, oh, snow and frost and that all over their, all over their mouth and everything. And uh, even after that, <clears throat> we had some fun. Uh, the bull got out. And I had to get a couple of my neighbors. We got on our snowmobiles and uh, uh, trying to catch up to him. And one of my neighbors, I mean, this is just something like you see out of uh, a rodeo. Uh, one of my neighbors was on his snowmobile, and he's finally got up alongside the bull. And he dove off the snowmobile, grabbed the bull around the neck, and finally brought him to... Uh, 
to a halt, and we finally got a chain around his neck and was able to bring him back. But uh, we do get some snow up here. Like uh, in 77, I went out and purchased a, uh, uh, well, it's a, it's a large snow blower. It's uh, three feet high, seven feet wide. It'll it'll do some damage to the snow, but I'll tell you what, there was times even trying to get out of my driveway where the snow blower couldn't take it, I'd have to turn the tractor around and go in with a bucket and loosen up the snow and uh, bring the bucket up and haul the snow down so I could blow it away. Uh, it's It's been an interesting life. I'm 82 yeah. years old. I've seen a heck of a lot. but You're 82? I'm sorry? You're 82? Yes, sir. Oh, you don't sound anywhere close to 82, Hans, I got to say. I don't know how is an eighty-two-year-old sound. You know that's a good that's a good point, Hans. I, I <laughs> but I've, I've got to ask you, you know, because this is always um, interest me. Farming in the winter, how, how do you do that? Because it's got to be a lot more difficult, and you, know, you get a lot less in the winter than the summer. What are the tricks to farming in the winter? Just <laughs> you go out and you feed the animals. I mean, there's. It's it's just a normal it's a normal everyday thing that you do. It you just I don't know how to describe it. You hop on the tractor, blow away to the barn, and uh, go and you know go and feed them. Now this year it's been uh, it's been very bad. Uh, I realize that there's been a drought, but so they say. But we like we're getting rain every two, three, four days, and if we hadn't gotten in our hay early in the uh, spring, we'd be in real trouble because we haven't been able to uh, cut and bale anything for a couple of months because of this rain that's uh, consistently screwing up the ground, you know? Uh, yeah. Hey, Hans, I got to say, man, I, I appreciate you calling in and still working at 82 years old. Uh, that is absolutely amazing. And I appreciate the call. And our thoughts and prayers are with uh, your daughter. We're glad she was able to get out and on the other side of the state. Okay. Thank you for having me on. I, I appreciate it. You take care. God hey, bless, buddy. Hey, Hans, you too. I appreciate you hanging on during the, during the news. Look at that. 82 years old, still farming, still working. Here I am, 34, and, you know, I couldn't even wake myself up before 8 o'clock this morning. Uh, <laughs> when, when, when I'm in, let me tell you, when I'm in for Bowerly, I sleep, I don't put an alarm on. Even though I tell myself I'm going to get up early and be productive, I sleep as long as I can. Because, you know, I know as, to, as soon as Tom comes back, I'm going to be getting up at 3.30 again. Which is fine. I love that shift. I love being able to get out by noon. But... It is kind of nice to be able to uh, sleep in on the days I fill in for uh, for Bowerly. So I always look forward to that. But, you know, I, I oh, I'll get up at 7. I'll be productive. I'll get all this stuff done before I have to head into work. And the next thing I know, you know, it's it's 9 o'clock and I'm still laying in bed. Um, but, you know, for me, that's, um, that's making up on all the sleep that I lose uh, when getting up at 3.30. Because... I don't have the self-control to just go to sleep at 9.30 like I should. 803-0930, star 930. Hans, really appreciate that, that call. 82 years old, all that experience on the farm, and, uh, and still doing it to this day. And, you know, that's just something we've talked about in the past, not to get off topic too much, but something we've talked about in the past, just that, you know, determination and that drive. And, you know, you see that drive and determination 
in so many people, especially here in Western New York, so many people, um, you know, but it seems people my age and younger, they just don't have the same drive as others. Now, I like to think I have a good work ethic and a work drive. And, you know, I try I drive to be better. I try to get my voice on the station as many times a day as possible. Um, but, you know, I, I think some people like they just want to make as much money as they can for as little work, as little effort. And then you have, you know, people like Hans and I'm sure uh, other people listening right now who, hey, they're going to work until they physically can't because that's that's how they do it. And I think that is um, definitely something to be applauded. And if I can still work at 82 years old, if I can still be you know productive, I think I will. Because the thought of just sitting at home doing nothing, and I'm not saying people who are retired sit at home and do nothing all day. Believe me, my father's retired, and he works. Uh, he, uh, but you know what I mean? I just, if I can still work, I probably would. I don't know. That's me saying this at 34. I'm sure at 82, I'll have a different perspective. But, you know, keep the tape, Josh, and we'll play it back in, uh, in 50 years. And we'll, uh, we'll see if I'm still working. 803 0930, star 930 is the number to get on. It's also the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. Wondering uh, from you, you know, do you know someone in the path of the hurricane? Are you on the Odyssey app in the path of the hurricane? And since we're talking about a storm, your winter storm memories from here in western New York. You know, everyone's got a storm memory. If you were around for the storm of, se- of the blizzard of 77, I'm sure that ranks up there in your memories of storms. You know, for for me, for my generation, it's the October surprise storm. It's the blizzard of 2000. If you were in the South Towns, it's the storm of 2014, right? It might be the seven feet of snow in 2001, uh, mostly in, I think that was mostly in the, in the, in the North Towns. Again, I was in seventh grade. I don't remember it too well. But what are your storm memories here in western New York? And have you ever had a vacation shortened, canceled, delayed because of weather? 803-0930. Star 930 is the number to get on. All right. Before we get back to what we were talking about, Josh, this is what I was uh, talking about earlier. I went uh, had to uh, go out to the lobby during the last break, and I heard a song a smooth jazz song on the smooth jazz station playing out in the lobby. And it sounded very familiar. I'm almost positive this is what the song was. Pretty sure that was Paul Schaefer on the Smooth Jazz Station, and it was like the longest song. I was out in the lobby for what, Josh? Five, six minutes, and that song was still going on. I'm almost positive that w- that's what it was—the theme song to the Late Show with David Letterman. Which, by the way, the Late Show with David Letterman was a pretty good show until maybe the last two or three years. And that show—and I know I've said this a million times. I'm going to get a text. Joe, you're repeating yourself. Don't you have anything better to talk about? I probably do, but I will say it because it's true. Stephen Colbert has completely ruined 
The Late Show. Did you hear the guests on that show? Katie Holmes, Stupid Human Tricks. Now, that was a bad example because Governor Rick Perry was reading the uh, top 10 list. But still, you know, they had him on for, what, 10 seconds. Now you turn on, uh, I, I, I never turn on the Colbert Show, but you hear the commercials for the Colbert Show. And, you know, this week, Stephen talks to Nancy Pelosi and uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren. Uh, that's the late night show? Late night shows were supposed to get us away from politics. You know, I mean, say what you want. Obviously, it, it, you know, Greg Gutfeld has a, it, it has a political point of view, but he has comedians on the show, at least, including one of my favorite, Jim Norton. But, you know, David Letterman, for a majority of the late show, that was hilarious. You know, when I was allowed to stay up late at night, I would watch David Letterman. You know, if it was Saturday, I'd watch Saturday Night Live. Two different networks, by the way. Uh, now, I don't remember the last time I watched SNL because I just don't find it funny. And it has nothing to do with politics. You know, I, I can laugh at people making fun of my political beliefs. I, I'm not that, you know, I, 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 that's fine. You can make fun of whatever you want. It's just not funny. Uh, again, they could, all their skits could be making fun of my political beliefs. As long as it was funny, I'd be laughing along too. It's not funny. And Stephen Colbert, I mean, it's just a news program. You know, hey, this week we're talking with uh, you know, Major Garrett. Eh. Okay, I- I'll watch something else. I'll go watch Seinfeld on Netflix for three hours. It's just not fun. It's just, it's sad what late night television's become. And again, I think that's just a result of, hey, look what people are talking about on social media. And again, social media is not the real world. You know, I, I would not plan a show just because it's what people are talking about on social media. Now, I will say, I use social media to get, you know, information. I, the, the New York Post, I go on there all the time uh, on, on their Twitter account to get articles they're talking about. But, again, it's stuff that I see people are talking about in the real world. But just because it's being talked about on social media, again, does not mean that it's the real world. And unfortunately, I think our late night shows are responding to what's popular on social media. And again, after the news at 1135, I just want to laugh. I don't want to watch, you know, the vaccine dance with Stephen Colbert. <laughs> it's just, that's just, that's not what I want to do. You know, I mean, the, the, in the old days when David Letterman would be in the Taco Bell drive-thru, now that's funny. I'll sit there, I'll laugh at that, that's funny stuff. But, I mean, now, my idea of staying up late, you know, it used to be, oh my gosh, Norm's going to be on Conan tonight. I've got to stay up or set the VCR. Now it's nothing like that. You know, I mean, I can't remember the last time Mark Normand was on one of those shows. It's just, it's not funny anymore. You know, I mean, the the spotlight of those shows used to be highlighting uh, comedians. We talked about that on BMAS and Beamer a few weeks ago. When we were talking um, with the guy who did the uh, Johnny Carson exhibit at in Jamestown, you know it was about the, these comedians would come on, they'd get their shot uh, at a national audience. It's not that anymore. Now, now it's Nancy Pelosi and Elizabeth Warren, which aren't the only two. It's just I remember watching a Bills game and that promo came on, and I thought, really, that's the late that's the late show. That's what the late shows become. And again, it could be. 
It has nothing to do with their party. It could be two politicians from the Republican Party. It's just to me, that's not the that's not my idea of a funny late night show. And it's just sad what the funny shows on the networks has become. You know, I mean, I miss the days of of Letterman. Of um, who's the guy that used to come on after Letterman? I, I can picture him like he's sitting here right now. He did the Late Late Show. It was after Craig Kilborn. Um, Craig Ferguson. Craig Ferguson, I thought, was hilarious. Conan, obviously, was very funny. Leno was funny. I mean, and now, yeah. I mean, Fallon at times can be funny. I thought Fallon was funny on SNL back in the day. It's just not the same. It's just not the same. 803 star 930. Sorry to go on that rant. I know I go on that rant at least once a month, and I'm sure you're sick of hearing it. But as someone who, you know, I love comedy, especially stand-up comedy, and it was a treat when a comedian that you really appreciated or you might have heard on a radio show was going to be doing a set on a late show. And it's only, you know, five or six minutes, but I'd always make sure I either recorded that, watched it live, and, you know, unfortunately, it seems like those days are uh, slim to none uh, when it comes to the network late night shows. 803-0930, Star 930, talking storms. I want your storm stories when we come back here on News Radio 930, WBEN. Nibbling on sponge cake, watching the sun bake. All of those tourists covered with oil. Strumming my six string on my front porch swing. Smell those shrimp there. For Bowerly, final segment, final time. Bowerly is back tomorrow, 2 o'clock here on WBEN. So someone's uh, someone's calling me out. Oh, you know, it's tough. It's been a tough day. Uh, someone says, uh, if, you, if you are not paying attention, you are way off base. Comedian guests just the past few weeks. And then list a bunch of comedian actors, not comedians. But, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, I'm sure these people were on the show. My point is the promotions. You know, I did watch the Bills game Sunday, and I did not see any of these people uh, promoted that the texter listed. I'm sure they were on the show. All I'm saying is it's not the same show as I watched when David Letterman was hosting. And this guy's trying to make it a political issue. Believe me, David Letterman and I did not agree politically, and I really enjoyed what Letterman did as host of The Late Show. So I think you're trying to make it something it's not, which is fine. Again, you probably live in a world on social media more than one hour a day. Uh, anyway, it is Beamer and Four Powerly, as I mentioned, here on WBEN. And um, before that uh, text came in, I was going to mention the storm 
heading towards Florida. We've been talking about it all day here on WBEN. And again, you know, this is something that affects a lot of people, right? I mean, just think of the calls and texts we've had of people that either have a loved one in Florida, know someone in Florida, used to live in Florida. Uh, So a lot of people have their eyes on this hurricane uh, that will be hitting sometime in the next 24 to 30 hours. And uh, we will obviously keep you updated here on WBEN. um, But I'm sure a lot of people will be keeping their eyes on this. They're probably in constant communication uh, with those in Florida. And, you know, I will be too, believe me. So hopefully everyone who stayed is is doing it smartly, is being safe, and is well prepared for the storm to hit. Uh, something else I wanted to talk about today, which we will not get to today, uh, but we might get to in a later show, and that is the movie theater. And, you know, we'll talk about it here for a few minutes. I love seeing a movie in the movie theater. I'm not going to lie. I think the the movie theater experience is great. And if it's a movie that you really want to see, if it's something like Top Gun, which I did not see in the theater, I'm very upset about. If it's something like that, you know, a movie with, you know, cool effects or remember the movie 300 from back in the day? I saw that in the IMAX theater. Uh, Just a fantastic movie. You know, it really adds to the movie. Seeing a movie in the theater, um, it's a fun experience. You know, and I think of some of the big movies that have come out during my lifetime. Titanic. um, You know, Wedding Crashers might not be one of the top movies in your opinion, but in my opinion, Wedding Crashers, one of the top movies of my lifetime, saw it in the theater. You know, and now, anytime I see a commercial for a movie... I, I, you know, I'll turn to my wife and say, hey, we've got to go. We got to go watch this movie. We got to go to the theater for this. And almost every time, any time, we end up not seeing it in the theater, right? We see it on a streaming service. We see it, we, we rent it digitally, right? Very rarely will we go to the theater. And a few weeks ago, I think every theater locally was doing $3 movie night uh, for National Movie Day or Theater Day, whatever it was. And we, we told each other, yeah, we're going to go. We're going to go see a movie in the theater tonight. And then when that time came, we were so comfortable on our couch watching TV, we decided, well, it would be easier and still cheaper to stay at home and watch a movie on TV. Because, yeah, you'll get me in the theater for three bucks, something we kind of talked about yesterday with Disney World. You'll get me in the theater for three bucks, but I'm going to buy some popcorn. I'm probably going to buy um, the Bunch of Crunch, which I love, and a soda. And right there, we're talking over $30, right? So I don't know if the movie theater is something that's pricing itself out, like we talked about yesterday, or is it just. Half the movies in the theater now, I can watch at home on a streaming service in the comfort of my own home. If I have to go to the bathroom, which I will have to do at some point during a movie, I can pause the movie at home. I can't do that in the theater. And I I think people are, again, once I get into the theater, I really 
enjoy the experience. I enjoy the movie on the big screen, especially now with the comfortable chairs and, you know, they, they recline. I really enjoy the experience. It's getting me out of my apartment. And I'm not like that with everything, right? Oh, there's a game on? Yeah, I'll meet you out for the game. That's fine. Where do you want to watch the game? I'll meet you anywhere for the game. You know, stand around, cheer, great. Something about movies, and maybe it's been that there's not a movie I really want to see out, but I don't think that's true. I really wanted to see Top Gun, didn't get around to seeing it this summer. I really wanted to see Elvis, didn't get around to seeing it this summer. I'll watch them both on streaming services, I'm sure, in the next few weeks. But I think it's just, we know it's not like, it's not like the old days, and I hate to keep on bringing up the old days, but it's not like the old days when a movie would be in the theater and then disappear. You might be able to go to movie land to see it for like two bucks, but it would disappear for a few months and then be re- released on VHS or DVD. I mean, now, like I said, half the movies that are in the theater are also available on a streaming service. And if they're not, they'll be on a streaming service before they leave the theater. Example, Elvis. Already on a streaming service and still in some theaters. But I'm not sure exactly what it is. The price definitely plays a factor. Because movies are, you know, just like we talked about with sporting events, movies are getting more and more expensive. And... Part of the movie experience is getting that big tub of popcorn. And we all get the big one. Don't, don't lie. We all get the big one. Because we all convince ourselves that we're going to eat the whole thing and then going to convince someone to walk back to the concession stand and get the free refill. We all do. Come on. Don't lie. And then half of us don't even finish the first tub of popcorn. It was a complete waste of money. But, you know... Now with technology, now with movies, and this might be a result of the pandemic, movies moving to streaming services quickly or some of them on the same day as the movie theater release, there is something about the comfort of your own home and also the technology now compared to 20 years ago. You know, when I was a kid, All right, if you didn't see the movie in the theater, you're going to see the movie on a VHS on a tube TV. Now, if I don't see the movie in the theater, I'll watch it on my crystal clear either HD or 4K television with surround sound. (laughs) You know what I mean? At the very least, a sound bar. And the picture will be almost, if not just as good as in the theater. So what you have at home, the technology you have at home has changed as well. And I think has, you know, made people, like I said, the $3 movie night's a great example. I wanted to go, my wife wanted to go, but we were just so comfortable, we ended up watching a movie at home. Now, 25 years ago, you're probably going to get yourself out to the theater. You don't know when you'll get a chance again. It's a cheap movie night. And you want to watch it crystal clear on the movie theater screen before you have to watch it on tape on a tube TV. I mean, it's just completely changed because your technology at home is so good. Because that picture at home is better than anyone's ever had before. 
in the 90s, no one in their home. We'd always say, look at this projection screen I got. Oh my gosh, that is so clear. Let's be honest, it wasn't. That huge big screen TV from 95 that, you know, oh my gosh, I'm putting this in my man cave. Um, let's be honest, looking back, that picture was not that good. It was still a tube screen. It wasn't that good. It was crap. Come on. But now you have, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here in the studio of a radio station and it's a crystal clear picture. I, I am watching the Weather Channel in crystal clear high definition. Having that at home, you know, watching the movie at home now doesn't take away as much as it did 25 years ago. That's just the, the truth. But there is still something special about that movie theater experience. And, you know, I, I sit here saying I like the movie theater experience. I don't want it to go away. But I've been to a movie theater twice in the last three years. Oh, I'm sorry, three times in the last three years. It's, again, so many times a movie, uh, a coming attraction will come on, and I'll point to it and say, ooh, we gotta do a ni- we got to do a night out for that. And we end up waiting to watch it on streaming. I mean, there's obvious things that the, the, the production companies can do, but I think people have gotten so used to that movie being available on the streaming service they're paying $9.99 for. You know, they're just going to wait for it to, to be there. Instead, maybe production companies can go back and say, we're going to go back to the old way of doing this. It's going to be in the theater for a few months. It's going to disappear. And then it'll appear on the streaming service maybe a year later. Or maybe Disney brings back the Disney vault. Remember that? Hey, back for this month. It's such and such from the Disney vault. And then it goes back in the vault forever. Now there's no Disney vault. All that stuff's on Disney+. Plus. Maybe some of these companies can say, hey, if you don't see it in the theater, it's going to go in a vault for two years before we put it on the streaming service. Stuff that, that could happen, but I think people have gotten so used to, oh, it's on HBO Max a week after in the theaters. It's just like with albums. Why do people not buy albums anymore? Well, a week after it's released on CD or digital copy or vinyl, well, it's on your streaming service that you pay 99 $9.99 a month for. Well, why are you going to buy the hard copy then? Again, there's, there's ways to bring people back to that way of taking in their entertainment. I don't know. Or maybe it's, um, you know, it's too into now. The production companies are so tied in with the streaming services that why are they going to take money away from themselves? I don't know. Is Beamer in for Bowerly? Byerly will be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock here on WBEN. Someone said on the on the Volkswagen Borch Park text board, my friend has a section of the Odds Orange Stadium seats in his theater in his basement. That I would like to see. That would be pretty cool. Um, I've told the story about the time I walked into the Odd before they tore it down, and I, uh, I got a seat back. It was very, very interesting. And uh, that's one of those things you never forget, right? Walking into the Odd right before they tear it down. Um I remember when I was delivering pizzas for Lenovo, and this is before, you know, everyone had uh, an HDTV, right? I mean, people were starting to get them in their house, but not everyone had one, right? There were still, tube TVs were not a, 
uh, were not a rare thing to see. And I remember making a delivery to this very beautiful house, and they wanted it delivered to the side of their house by the garage. And they opened the door, and it was this small movie theater in their house. And, you know, this is, you know, high school Joe Beamer thinking, or maybe college Joe Beamer thinking, wow, that is awesome. But I didn't think, wow, I'd like to watch a movie there. I'd like to watch sports on that team, on that screen. That screen is unreal, and it's in someone's house. But um, I think more and more people are thinking, well, I have a huge TV. I have a surround sound system. This is pretty much as good as it gets. Now, Josh, you made a statement during Traffic with Alan that CDs will never die. And all I'm going to say before you say what you're going to say is I remember the days that the entertainment section at your Walmart, your Target, your Best Buy, uh, your Circuit City, it was racks and racks and racks of CDs. And now you might get half a rack of CDs. Um, Some stores have more vinyl than they have CDs. Why? And most cars do not come with a CD player. Well, see, now here's a couple arguments that I make to this point. One, you and I are from somewhat of a similar generation. You're a little older than me, but you grew up with CDs. I grew up with CDs. Well, I grew up with cassettes. Well, right. See, I loved cassettes when I was a kid. My parents had a bunch of them, and I loved just seeing the tape in the cassette. It was so cool to me. And then I, I really liked CDs, obviously, growing up with them. And there are still days where I'll pop in my 2017 senior year soccer warm-up that me and my friends made because I have nostalgia with that. And I like the mix that we made. It's I can remember sitting in whoever's house we were at, just figuring out the line of the songs we wanted to use for that year. And we did that every year. It was tradition. Every single year we made one of those CDs. And it was just, it's it's nostalgic to me. And there's that level for some people where a CD, whether it be something like that, a mix you made for someone else or just a CD that you grew up listening to, there's that nostalgia level. And on the flip side, you're talking about vinyl, right? Vinyl was big in what, 70s and 80s? I mean, 50s, 50s, Well, 50s and 60s 70s, as well. 80s. Yeah. So that's making a comeback now. Give CDs 10, 20 years, and kids who like vinyl now are going to be, or, or kids then are going to be like kids who like vinyl now. Yeah. I have a lot of friends who are into vinyl right now, but I bet you maybe their kids or kids that are coming out of high school right now are going to be into CDs soon. You know, it, it's Possibly. it's a recycling sort of method. But, you know, you own a CD for a year. It doesn't sound as good as when you first bought it. True. And I can get that same song on my phone right now. You know what I mean? I, I mean, No, I get, I get the point. But C- at the same CDs time... CDs had their downfall. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult... You know, my parents still have vinyls from the 70s that sound like how I imagine they did the day they bought them. I don't think there's a CD in my parents' house from when I was a kid that doesn't skip on at least one track. No, I, I the CDs were sort of flawed in their design with how basically fragile they were. Yes. But, like I said, it. I think people should give it time, and I think it could... Definitely make It'll be interesting to see. I'd, I'm not. I'm not going to say you're wrong because I w- I'm sure there are people who would have said that about vinyl. And as I always say, I still have CDs because there is something about putting a CD in the CD player in the middle of summer with the windows down, driving on the thruway, and just that feeling alone. I I like to have a few CDs uh, to do that. Josh, 
I thank you for uh, your work the last two days. Audience, I thank you for the calls, the text, the social media interactions. You guys are great. Uh, definitely the greatest radio audience in America. Hey, to all those in Florida or those who have loved ones in Florida, our thoughts and prayers are with you. Stay safe. Be smart. We'll be back here. Well, Brayton Wilson will be here in two minutes with Buffalo's Evening News. I'll be back in my spot tomorrow morning with Brian Mazarowski on BMAS and Beamer. Talk to you then at 9 o'clock. Bowerly is back at 2 here on News Radio 930 WBEN.